What is up, brothers and sisters? Welcome back to another episode of the Vessels Podcast. If you are new with us, we just want to say what's up and welcome. We hope you love this and that it's beneficial for you. My name is Jeremy, and I am the host of this podcast. And if you did not know, the Vessels Podcast is brought to you by the Ask Us Why Christian Apparel Line. But this podcast is a roundtable-style discussion between me and my good friends Christian, Connor, and Allie, where we talk about topics and relevant issues from a biblical perspective and try and address issues that we believe are important for us to understand as we continue to grow in our faith. With that being said, we hope you love this episode. You guys can actually be a part of Ask Us Why in a lot of different ways, but one cool way with our podcast is you can subscribe to our email list. And on our email list, we always send out a follow-up email regarding the topic that we talk about in these episodes so that you can continue to do the research and continue to learn about these topics beyond our podcast because we want to encourage and enable you guys to be able to do these things on your own. It's not about just listening to a couple opinions. This is about learning the the practice of studying and understanding things that God believes are important that we should also believe are important as well. So with that being said, we hope you guys love this episode. Make sure you subscribe to our email list and we hope you enjoy. Let's jump into it. gentlemen we are live in the lion's den and good news good good news our brethren christian Beatty has risen (laughs) from the dead it's been uh, god is real (laughs) that's right baby god is not dead and i can prove it look look (laughs) look you guys can't see it in the video but we have we have jesus in the background (laughs) it's it's mormon jesus is that mormon jesus yeah are you sure I thought that was just a more traditional display display of him, except he's just not as brown. Yeah. I always thought that was <coughs> Mormon Jesus. Did you hear a goose? <laughs> Did you hear a goose? There must be a flock flying over the house. <laughs> <laughs> Those dang geese on my house again. Gotta go knock them down. <laughs> 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 they found a way into my ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, how are we feeling today, folks? How are we feeling on the podcast? You know, considering that it was dark my entire drive over here, not bad. Not bad at all. By dark, you mean like outside, right? Not like in your soul or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Considering. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I'm like, what? what kind of drive was this? You're just heavy metal rock and you're just like. I don't want to do this podcast. Was your guys' drive dark? Here's what I'll say. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, it's going to be good. Since now we're recording at 7 a.m. on Friday mornings, if we ever say anything heretical or not true, that is what we blame it on. Not because we are actually saying anything wrong. <clears throat> but because it is early and we just haven't really woken up yet. So perfect excuse. And I think that when summer comes around, it's because of the heat, right? Because mm-hmm. yep. it kind of plays into like the mind games and stuff. Yeah. Certainly. Connor is perfect in all ways. Just taking a look at this man. 
He had the perfect substitute teacher outfit put on today. <laughs> he looks great. What are those shoes called? Chelsea boots. Chelsea boots. Very nice. He has about eight pairs of them. If like, you're if you you're uh, more accustomed to culture, it's called healthy boots. Boots. Bales is All right, guys, we're gonna start off with a fun Wait, question. What about Allie? Well, I didn't even ask. But you guys didn't even ask me. <gasps> well, we I gotta get going. going. Yeah, I gotta but that's going. what's usually happens. Oh my god. Okay. Oh my gosh. All right, Allie. I'm good. You're good. Just skip to the questions. <laughs> I mean, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, guys. <laughs> okay, cool. Allie, are you actually good, though? Yeah, I'm good. All right, good. Are you, <laughs> no, but are you really? <laughs> Did you get your coffee this morning? Did Connor make you your coffee this morning? No. Ooh. You made your own coffee? Yeah. What a wow. big girl. <laughs> Miracles do happen. Praise the Lord. God's real times, too. <laughs> God's real sometimes. Second, third, fourth, and fifth. <laughs> Only when I make my coffee in the morning. I said that times, my... too. Oh. Not sometimes. No, no, no. <laughs> Punctuation and grammar matters, people. <laughs> Let's eat, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Uh, question. Uh, Ring by Spring by Alex Tran. Alex, what does that even mean? The answer is... <laughs> yeah, Alex is cool. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, no. You had Ring by Fall. Remy. Remy well, yeah, and Alyssa were like, I was ring before spring by like five days. Because it isn't spring. Dude, it was like, like a March day or two. Day. I remember I posted. Oh, no, about before it. the end of spring. March. I was like, you no. guys made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. March 21st. We're having a ring by spring event at uh, GCU. Come by. It'll be really cool. I was thinking about okay. making a ring by spring playbook. Because <laughs> I thought that would be funny. <laughs> Just to make <laughs> something so with that title. Oh, I don't really know no. what would be in it. Because obviously, I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know if we've asked this one yet, by, but Ashley Webb says, how much do you like turtles? I like turtles. <laughs> Allie. <laughs> Allie and Connor. Yeah, All we right. do love turtles. I have a tortoise. Her name is Tiny Butterfly, um, and she's our ring bearer in our wedding. <laughs> so yeah, come by or yeah. come by, you know, check it out. What? Come by or come is by. Remember, nope? remember that vine at Disneyland where it's like, Come on by if you can come on by. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> gets your reference. <laughs> I don't get it. I think it was just you. Like you work at Disneyland. Disneyland. All right, here's here's a here's a more in-depth question we can just kind of jump into and see mm. what you guys' thoughts are on mm. is um, how do politics play into Christianity? Who's this question from? This question is from Ace Christian. of Hearts twenty six. Ace of Hearts. Thanks, 26. Ace of Hearts. I wish more people just use their name in their like username instead yeah. of like the other names because um, people always get like names mixed up, especially middle names. Alyssa, a lot of people thought Alyssa's middle name was or last name was Reed, including myself for the longest time because that's her Instagram. What was her last name? Her last name's Houston. Well, technically, legally, it's still Houston. She hasn't changed the name, guys. I'm over here in tears. <gasps> it's a process. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. But anyways, um, yeah. Anyway, so a uh, question. Yeah. How do, how do politics play into Christianity? Too much. <laughs> okay. Is that your final answer? Final answer. Good answer. Good answer. All right. Is it on the board? <laughs> <clears throat> Allie, you're up. Uh, well, can you repeat the question? How do politics play into <laughs> Christianity? Um, I don't know how to answer this exactly, but I think, because I'm not really a big politics person, but I think sometimes what? we like to justify like our worldly decisions, like based off the Bible, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like we'll pick like which political party we're like, well, the Bible says this, so I'm going to do this. 
like obviously we should make decisions based off the Bible says. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes we like to be like, well, Jesus was definitely a Republican. So, mm. and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <clears throat> I don't think he was either because they didn't exist. So let's not, <laughs> let's not put words in his mouth unless you saw him say, hey, I'm a Republican. Let's I think I, I think yeah, I but it. he told me that like one time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christian, what do you think? Um, I think that as Christians, we should participate in the civil public square, um, in you know, political things, voting for people, um, protesting, being involved in that manner, but not making it your ultimate purpose. Mm. Yeah, amen to that. I think uh, there's obviously a huge role for us to play into uh, like our community. And the whole purpose of why government exists is that it was made to protect and to serve the people. Um, it wasn't made to become like a giant entity. And so like that was just kind of like how it, it fundamentally started. And so over time, it's branched off into like different ideologies and different parties follow and it's become this huge like war between the two ideologies and so nowadays it's like you're either a democrat or you're a republican or you're an independent but now we're, we're probably the most divisive we've been since the civil war and uh it's because i think that we well one we have facebook like, <laughs> facebook absolutely <laughs> the algorithm sure. does feed anything controversial into like your life it's it's really messed up um but we we either think that like Jesus was like you were saying, like a Democrat, or we think that he was a Republican, and like both sides have like their scripture slash things that support it. I mean, for honest reasons, I think that Trump is my prophet, and I think that he was sent <laughs> by God, and he's perfect in all ways. <laughs> no, I can't stand it. Um, but yeah, we there's definitely a role to play, but I think that nowadays it's become like the forefront of our attention, and it's been our number one motivator on a day to day basis. So it's like the first thing we look at, it's what we talk about all day. It's like the driving force of what we look forward to, what we don't look forward to. It's why we complain, all those kind of things. I think the study, I think we've talked about this before, but a study showed that an average of three minutes of watching the news made your day worse. Like according to a huge study they did on a ton of people, I think it was like 600 people. So it's like, because the news is only talking about like politics and negative things in the world. And so um, I think that we have really strayed away, especially just the Christian community. We've really strayed away from like, what is our real purpose? Why are we here? And like, yes, those things are important, but like you're completely pushing off Jesus and like what scripture really calls us to do because you have your own agenda of what you're trying to go towards. It could be a whole podcast, but that's uh, that's kind of my short two cents on it. Um, so anyways, guys, we are continuing our series on pornography and last episode was basically on like why it's such a huge thing. Kind of broke that down a little bit. Thanks Emily for being on the podcast. And, uh, Mm. this, this next one, we are talking about the effects of pornography. So, um, what are the effects? What are the effects? (laughs) (laughs) my smooth transition for you guys <laughs> wow it's like we're talking about the effects of pornography so let's get into it what are the effects of pornography <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> seriously though what are what are some <laughs> effects are that you like? guys i mean like it, it, are there actually a bunch of negative effects or is this a bunch of inconclusive here's, science here's some stuff <clears throat> some tea guys <laughs> I, Here's the effects. I <laughs> have never researched any of this before. Usually we cover a topic I for sure like knowledgeable I think about Chris, it. Yeah, keep going. 
and different things. And I just like have not researched this, looked into it at all. So it was interesting to like look up on YouTube, like what are the effects of porn? You'd be listening to a video and have it be like generally inconclusive about if it's really a bad thing. <laughs> I was like, huh, this is like coming from the SciShow or whatever. Um, that like, yeah, it was, it was weird to like listen to it. And Do I you was think like, that that's because hey. they actually think it's inconclusive or they want it to be inconclusive? Um, I think, I don't know. I mean, you can always that's interpret inconclusive. different <laughs> information. I Objection. think because, I think inconclusive. Because it was more the studies and the research that he looked into yeah. were about correlation, not causation. Mm. And there is like, it was, it's, it's the effects that porn has on the individual is probably a lot more different than like society as a whole. So it's like, what are the effects porn has on like this community? It's like, Oh, well like sexual violence has gone down. Right. Probably because they release aggression by watching progressive porn. And so that's like an outlet for those sorts of criminal behavior. Like instead of doing that, they just watch something else. Right. Um, so he was like, so like, is it good for community? I don't know. And it's huh. like, probably no, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to lean on the. <laughs> because there's like a world of like different things that it's negatively affecting. Yeah. And they're just like looking at like, oh, this one thing. So yeah. it was interesting to see that because if I was like teenage kid, struggling with porn i'm like mm, when trying was that? to justify or not justify when was that video posted i don't know okay i didn't look because that, that, that can could be have huge. been it could have been really old but it still it was like at the top of the recommendations when i searched it really so if i'm just someone who's like looking to confirm what i want to believe that things like top five when i search you know negative effects of porn or what are the effects yeah. of porn on the brain and it comes up and it's like shoot like they're not gonna get really yeah. solid info when I think of, like, the effects of porn, like, my brain instantly goes to things like divorce or, like, cheating, um, heartbreak, like, things that are very kind of more, surf- I don't want to say surface level, like, they're not a big deal, but, like, I think of relationships that struggle, mm-hmm. um, but if you want to talk individually, like, what it does to the brain, that is a whole nother, like, path of, honestly, horror. Like, it's really sad because I feel yeah. like it's um, mentally, like, what it's doing to male and female brains is insane. Um, like they did a study once where they put like a tool and a woman in front of a man that had like, like an addiction to. Hold on, hold on. What kind of tool? Was it like a drill? Was it (laughs) what brand? Craftsman? (laughs) Um, but he saw no difference in the two because he just sees the woman as an object. And that is, I think what you're saying is that they looked at brain activity and which parts were triggered when they showed each of the objects. That's what I said. I don't think you clarified that because you just said he saw them as the same thing. And I was like, clearly he didn't look at a tool and look at a (laughs) a girl and be like, tool, tool, (laughs) hammer, hammer. So I'm just, I'm just clarifying for people. So it makes sense. That's, that's what you're saying though, right? Anywho. So yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yes. That's what I said. I was like, yeah, they uh, like look at brain behavior and that is something that happens. Um, But yeah, he saw a woman. And a tool is the exact same thing, which is really sad. But then you think about Ted Bundy, who was introduced to porn at 10, and then he went on to murder women and still sexually abuse them. Um, so, yeah, it is a horrific thing and has really big effects. Was my point? That's all. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I'll play devil's advocate is that that goes back to causation versus correlation. 
like Ted Bundy probably also had sociopathic. Yeah, like, he had a lot more problems. I'm not saying <laughs> if you did. <laughs> you watched one video and it just flipped <laughs> no. a switch. And it's like I'm going to be this way. I do for the think rest he of my did life. talk about it though, like in the interviews that they had with him, like after he was arrested. I'm sure they about did. How porn was a big problem. Like, yeah. What led to? Well, a lot yeah, of that when stuff. he was like 10. He but I think that like <clears throat> you can go a lot of different paths as a sociopath because right. it it has more to do with just like desensitization in the brain. You don't feel anything. There's no guilt, no remorse. You can just kind of kill if you wanted to well desensitization can be in different forms so he had a lot of it stripped at once you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. some guys were like ah who cares i'm desensitized to boobs now because i've seen them all the time right but like ted bundy was desensitized in the fact of he didn't care yeah like who it was when it was he wanted it he demanded it and he realized some women could say no so he murdered them yeah to still get that which is horrifying but so like there's obviously there's studies i think across the spectrum of is this actually like showing harm or is it not and we've talked about fight the new drug which is a huge movement and they have a ton of resources on their website that are coming from like actual studies that they're doing so it's not just like oh we think that it does this and we did our own little case study it was like they're they're showing consistently and like constantly new studies that they're finding that support their causes for it and so i think that's where Sometimes when they look at the studies or these people look at the studies, they're not looking at all of them. Um, and that's just the world of science and how it goes. But yeah, again, I, I also find it really hard to try and justify that it's like indifferent to society because mm-hmm. clearly we have some issues right. when it comes to pornography. So like what are some of the effects that you guys have heard outside of, I think we we're kind of talking about like desensitization, but what are some of the other effects of pornography <clears throat> that either you have experienced um have witnessed yourself or have like heard about online uh i think this this sometimes goes without saying but i think it is important anyways Mm -hmm. is the the largest effect of you know pornography is distance from god i was gonna say that and wait connor you gotta take it back ali's gonna say it okay go ahead ali (laughs) no i was gonna say with any sin that happens yeah but Thank you, Allie. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I think that in a twisted way, like we take that for granted because especially if it's something that like any sin that you struggle with for a long time, like of your life, a certain period of your life, like um, there's a reason why that somehow you justify that like every single day or whatever it is. And I think with pornography, like the we can talk all day long and we, we will in this podcast about all of the physical, emotional, um, you know, effects of it. But I think the largest of those things for obviously a Christian is the spiritual effects of that. Um, because you can somehow, you know, justify in a weird way, like all of those other things, at least in your mind, Mm -hmm. um, and say like, Nope, I'm doing it, you know, by myself, not hurting anybody else. I don't believe, you know, these studies or whatever it is. Um, but if you're a Christ follower, like you believe that that sin that is sinful that you're committing is distancing you from the one you're in relationship with, um, which is the foundation, I think, for all the other things we talked about and why, uh, like how to overcome an addiction yeah. and, um, 
like how to start that process. That's a great point because even on the Fight the New Drugs website, they only categorize it into three different areas where people are affected by it. They talk about how it affects the brain, how it affects the heart, and then how it affects society. And so we, like as Christians, because it's a non-religious organization, like we have to discern that through that fourth category, which is spiritual. Um, so Christian, I guess real quick question. Do you have any kind of experience with pornography growing up? Um, I, I remember two times that I saw it on a computer, um, very brief. And then that was it. Wow. So you haven't really struggled with it at all. Not at all. You are an anomaly, my friend. I know. Crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, like when I read statistics and stuff, it's yeah, very surprising. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I agree. Spiritually, like it, it does pull us away from Christ in so many ways. And one way that I can speak from experience of is that like we talked about before that I think about 61% of Christian men struggle with pornography or at least watching it monthly in the church. And then that number is anywhere from 16 to like 30% of women, um, according to the study that you look at. And so I was one of those people growing up in, uh, elementary school and going into high school that was something that I struggled with because I was exposed to it at like 10, 11 years old. Yeah, 10 years old. I was in the fourth grade. Um, and when you start getting involved in like the church scene, you know, one of the things that, uh, I mean, we're both reading Living Their Lives right now, but one of the things that he talks about, John Mark Comer talks about when it comes to battling the flesh is like confessing with other people. Because we kind of live in this weird communion stage of like church now where the only time you confess is with your head bowed in silence when you're doing communion like as a church. But like that's nowhere in scripture to just confess in your head. Like it's your to confess with your brothers and sisters and seek prayer from a righteous person because it's powerful, right? Um, and so we, I didn't like ever confess that sin. And so it just kind of grew internally and it was something that I struggled with for a long time. But I was getting involved with church and I was you know, playing all the parts, but I felt like an absolute hypocrite everywhere I walked because I knew that I had something like that lingering inside. And I think that that's a big reason why I never really fully committed my life to Christ until I came to Arizona and I've been here for a year and I finally met my mentor at the time. And so like it, it played a huge role because when sin like hides in the dark, it's when it's the strongest. And so you, you get out of church, you go back home and those temptations come and like, there's nothing that stops you if you don't have that self-control or you're not close to Jesus. And that goes hand in hand with how we combat against it, which we talked about in a different episode where like the best way to combat against like an addiction to pornography is to spend more time with Jesus because the more time we spend with Jesus, the less attractive those other things become to us. So yeah, I agree. And like, it's, it's like a huge, huge implication. Like it has a lot of impact on our relationship. And if people think it doesn't, they are lying to themselves and they're telling themselves that, yeah, like my relationship is good with God. Like I read my Bible, I do these things, but there's freedom that's missing and you only experience it when it comes out of the dark. And the enemy wants you to be convinced that it's not a problem and that you can keep it in the dark and it, it causes a lot of problems. So yeah, but what about what about some of like the the mental effects? Like what does it do like on a relationship scale um, to our relationships like with other people? Like what does pornography do to those things? I think I think it might have been uh, a sermon from Craig Rochelle I watched a long time ago, but it was somebody and they explained how our brain when we do like when we create habits, like it's almost like there's like a path of grass and 
he talked about how, you know, if you go to your mailbox every single morning, like you walk the same way across your grass to get to your mailbox and back. Like after, you know, however long, a year or two years, you know, five years, like that same path that you walk every single day, you might walk it more than once a day. Mm-hmm. Like that path is gets beaten down and it becomes easier, you know, in a way to walk back and forth on that thing. And that's the way, same way that you know, we describe our brain, our brain function um, when you create any habit, but especially like an addiction to porn, like it becomes easier for your brain to go to that specific pathway, like neurological pathway, um, whenever, you know, temptation or triggers come. And so that's why it is so hard to get out of an addiction to pornography or alcohol or drugs or anything like that, because your brain is so, you know, previously wired to walk that same path for however long you have been. Um, and so it's definitely, it's definitely a neurological, you know, effect, Mm -hmm. um, that it has on your brain and on your life because, you know, you, you make decisions based on what your brain's telling you to do. So it's crazy to think about it that way, but it's also really helpful to understand. Um, and we talked about this in the, uh, overcoming addiction podcast that, that, that grass has to grow back, you know, mm-hmm. like you're going to have to walk a new path and it's going to be harder to do that. Uh, but so worth it. Yeah. So what do you guys say to people that say it's like, I'm, it's harmless. Like it's, it's only affecting me. It's not hurting other people. And that is like a reason to justify it. Like how do you guys combat such a, a claim? I think, I think what's difficult with that is because here's the thing. I'm not going to change their mind. Um, which doesn't, that doesn't justify me not to, you know, try to, um, but that shouldn't be my, my purpose in that conversation. Um, and I think that's difficult because people, you know, are going to believe what they want to. And if they truly believe that, or if they're stuck in their beliefs to where they think it's not harming anybody, they don't think it's harming themselves. Um, I have to realize that and not try and, you know, push them farther down that road. Um, and, I think that's a difficult conversation um, and probably one that like you and I were at at some point in our life, whether, whether it's justifying it like ourself or, you know, when people try to keep us accountable, like it's yeah. easy to, to be like, no, like I'm fine. You know, I'll deal with it on my own. Um, you know, it's really not that bad, anything like that. Yeah. And the people who I think stick around in your life and um, love you regardless of the things that you say and the things that you do, um, I think those are the people that have eventually those conversations that actually do change your mind. Um, and obviously praying for the Lord to soften their heart, to soften your heart if you're in that situation. Um, because no other person's going to do that besides God. Yeah. What do you guys think? I think it's very like foolish of someone <clears throat> to think that their actions do not affect other people in general anymore. Um, but I feel like that's what makes sin so scary to me and like, Spooky, for lack of a better Spoopy. word. Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> um, is that the devil wants you to justify it. I think he gets a thrill from that because he wants you to get defensive. To defend a sin is very bold. Um, and it's a level of, I don't know, it scares me because people often do that, right? Like whether it's women, men, whether it's about porn, gossip, whatever it is. People can defend it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all should take caution to not only is it wrong what they're doing, but it's like, why do they think it's okay? Yeah. Why is that? Totally. You know? 
Christian, you have any thoughts? Yeah, I think that like anytime that you're living in like a perverted understanding of reality, like the truth, um, it's going to seep into every area of your life. Like you can't, you can't lie to people and get away with it. You can't watch porn and get away with it. Like you might feel and think that you are, um, but like the truth is, doesn't, isn't something that changes, you know, like reality is not something that twists and bends like it is what it is. And even though you might not be experiencing the immediate effects of it, you will. Um, and it, I don't know, I think it takes a, a little bit of wisdom and understanding to realize that your actions do have consequences um, when it doesn't feel like it right away. But man, there's just like, you're not the exception to the rule. Um, and the rule is that porn's going to have a negative effect on your brain and your relationships with God and with people. Um, it'd be extremely naive to think that you're avoiding that. Yeah. So what about someone that eats a ton of food and has like, I mean, to some people it could be just an eating disorder, which is a very serious thing, but like to other people that just eat reckless food, like, is that good for them? I think mm-hmm. when I eat an entire bag of Twizzlers watching Harry Potter, <laughs> that was like three nights ago. I'd like to think that at 23 years old, my metabolism would still be fast enough to where that wouldn't affect me. I Those hamsters eventually get slow. <laughs> yeah. Those hamsters stop running that fast, brother. Our mission statement here at Ask Us Why is pretty simple. It's that we believe passionately in supporting, mobilizing, and discipling believers to carry out the gospel wherever they go. And I'm super passionate about just teaching Jesus and bringing him to the world and helping you grow in your faith. But even more than that, I'm also really passionate about apparel. It sounds strange and I wasn't really the type to do that. If anything, I'm someone that doesn't really wear any kind of designs. I mean, even the shirt I'm wearing right now does not have any designs. And for a long time, I didn't go anywhere outside of that. That was my thing. I just was kind of held off to that. And maybe you're someone that's like, I don't really wear Christian apparel. I'm not really into that. And maybe it's cringy for you or maybe it's just not your style. But what changed my mind about it is that when you wear something as simple as a phrase that says, ask me about Jesus or Jesus is king or let me tell you a story, whatever the design is, that it creates opportunities and like circumstances that would rather either not happen if you didn't wear a shirt like that when you're in public. I mean, I've had conversations with people about my shirts that I wear. I've had people that have, you know, just complimented it. It's really cool, but it it opens up opportunities for new relationships with other believers. If you didn't know that they were a believer before, it also opens opportunities for those that are non-believers that want to know more about Jesus in a relationship with him. And we know that we are all called to share the gospel and it can be scary, but that's why here at Ask Us Why we're so passionate about trying to support and disciple you to do that. And so we create videos that are called Design Inspiration that go through each design that we've created, sharing along the message that we hope to intend to share that we want to to support and mobilize you to do the same. And so we'll share those videos with you guys, but we'll also post about it. And so our hopes is that you are being equipped properly to go out and to share the gospel. And you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be someone that's this guru. What really matters is that you just have a heart for sharing Jesus. And we want to do that and create more opportunities for you to do that. And apparel is a great way to do that. So if you love Ask Us Why and what we do, 
going to our shop and buying something from there is one of the best ways that you can continue to support us alongside either following us on social media or sharing the content that we create with your followers or friends and family. So if you want to support us in some way, that is one of the best ways that you can do that. And it would mean the world to us as we continue to grow this community and focus on building the kingdom for Jesus. With that being said, we'll jump right back into the episode. No, but think about this. Like we use the same mindset or the same argument against so many other things because we say like, but it's just my body and it's not affecting anybody else, but I want to eat all the crappy food that I want. But as Christians, we have to remember that our body is not our own, that it is the the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when we think that no external factors are being affected when I do something like watch pornography, we're forgetting that like we're also called to take care of our body. And that comes with the health of the food that we eat. So like seriously, there's a phenomenal podcast by JP and the Becoming Something podcast on food. And it talks all about this. But beyond just food, like pornography plays into your mental health. It plays into your relationships with other people and so many other things that we don't think about because we think that if it doesn't harm other people, it's somehow considered moral. But as believers, we have to remember that like we're not called just to like take care of those external factors, Mm -hmm. but also the internal factors within us. And so... What I would say to someone that says it doesn't affect other people is one, yes, going back to what you're saying about reality, like that's not the truth. Like it's a lie. Like it does affect reality. Like if you don't realize this, but the industry itself, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. I think it makes more money every year than the NBA, NFL, MLB, and like NHL combined. Like that's how big this industry is. It is worldwide. And on top of that, a lot of it's trafficking. Like it traffics like young boys, young women, even older women, and they're forced to do these things. And on top of that, so many of them are drugged. And so what you think is reality and what you're actually watching is what normal sex is that God designed is the farthest thing from it. It is absolutely disgusting and appalling to think about. And if you want to learn like testimonies of people that are in the industry, go to Fight the New Drugs website or go to their Instagram and just listen to people that have been involved in the industry. Like they'll talk about how horrible this stuff was. And the thing is, is that they get sucked in at an early age because they get offered cash and they get into like one episode or something or one video. And then after that, they blackmail them. Like they force them to stay in the industry because now they have leverage on them for different things. It's freaky stuff. But like to, to, to make the claim that it doesn't affect other people and that it's not actually like impactful against them is a lie. And then on top of that, it does affect your body. And I'll just go uh, real quick and just say that, like, as far as some of the actual effects that you see from pornography, like, one of the, like, there's so many, but just to, to name a few, like, first off, it objectifies women or it objectifies men. And over time, we see sex and sex less and less sacred because this is something that we used to, like, protect our eyes from, right? Like, we talked about that before, that back in the days with TV shows and stuff, like, they wouldn't even have them sleeping in the same bed. They would have them in two separate beds and shoot it at angles where you could only see one at a time. But, like, that's because that's how, like, sacred it was to them. But since, I believe it was the 60s to the 70s, there was the whole, like, sexual freedom movement. It really influenced a whole different ideology of, like, Sex is something that's for everybody. It's something that's a game. You can do it with a lot of people. Try it before you buy it. Like things like that where it really twisted the idea of what God designed it to be. And so nowadays we think the same way and like it 
changes the way we think about how like God designed it. And so pornography, like it makes, it pushes you, especially the more you watch it, it starts off usually pretty, I would say like on the soft core side, but as you watch it, you become desensitized to it. And so it doesn't give you the thrill that you want. And so over time you start to continue to watch and then you get to a point where you can't quote, get off without having to watch something where it's like one girl and 10 guys, like it gets really extreme with this stuff. Like this is, this is what testimonies and what things say. Like that's not my personal experience. I didn't get extreme like that. Just to be honest, I know Ali's giving me a weird look right now, (laughs) but like, that's how it goes for in the industry. Like the longer you do it for years and years and years, that's what it gets to that point. And we talked about before, like one of the bigger reasons why like men in general will quit watching pornography is because of ED because they can't, respond or react to anything anymore and so we become numb we just obliterate that side of the brain to be able to react to this and so if you're in a relationship with someone like if you can't even like get off to those things how are you supposed to like care for your partner and like have a romantic relationship with them and so it just absolutely like it takes away from the purity that like we're called to and we no longer see that as like anything that we can kind of respond to. So that's a big thing. Um, And beyond that, when it comes to relationships, it really does treat performance like in the bedroom. It, It like studies show that it does have like serious implications towards it because what happens is that there's expectations or as I like to say, sexpectations. I didn't make up the term, but, (laughs) (laughs) but basically like if, if the guy or the girl watches pornography, they usually have an expectation of what that reality looks like in the bedroom because that's what they've watched over and over and over again. And so then when it comes time for them to, to, you know, have sex with their partner, they can't like get the satisfaction or the, the, the romance out of it, the affection that God designed for us to have or the intimacy because their expectations aren't being met of what it needs to, to like look like. And on top of that, when you've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of like other beautiful women or of men that look much better, have a better physique, are tanned up and all these things, like then your expectation of like what she or he needs to look like has gone out the window too. And so now you don't have fine attraction in your partner because now they don't look like what you can find on your phone because you can find way better nowadays. Like when you like watch pornography, it obviously follows with masturbation. And what happens is that when you when you climax or you reach your top point, right, there is like a chemical release of dopamine in the brain. And dopamine is is tied to a lot of different things as far as like the chemical, but it's the chemical of like happiness. But it also attaches itself to whatever those things are. So we talked about how food is one of those things where if you go and get a milkshake down the street and your brain releases dopamine, you're like, I love that milkshake. That was great. <laughs> what it does is it ties you to that thing. And so whenever you're like, what do I do to feel better? Whatever it is, like for, for some person, if it's that milkshake, they're going to go and get that milkshake because it makes them happier. It can be so many different things for people. It can come from like shopping. It can come from um, like watching certain shows or whatever. Um, but like across the board, that's what it does. So when you're watching pornography and you release that, then your mind not only neurologically connects with that person that you're watching that with, but it also is releasing that dopamine to where now if you need to relieve stress or if you want to feel happier or you're having a harder day, that's the place that people go to. And that's one of the number one reasons why so many people can get into pornography is because it does reduce stress. It does do that. But as a Christian, 
we're, we're called to go to Jesus for all that. Right. So, um, like what are some of these, I, I see you got some, some stuff written down over here, Christian, and I know I just went on for a minute, but what are, what are some of your so extra thoughts you got? Um, you covered a couple of things I have on here. For instance, porn induced erectile dysfunction, which is crazy. Um, to, you know, get to the point that you have to watch porn in order to have sex. Yeah. Like that's gnarly. Um, and, and, and I think about, you know, the, the Christian life is really about having compassion for others. Um, and when you're, you're watching porn, it's basically taking, it's like reducing the compassion that you have for others. Mm -hmm. It's, purely a selfish way to get something that you want um it's it's building your character to practice selfishness and arrogance and pride um so that way loving other people in your life becomes harder um and it's turning you into a person that doesn't work for the things that they want they just try to get it the easiest way possible um and it's also turning you into a person that seeks and strives for things that aren't real. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, we like, if you think also that if you struggle with something like pornography addiction, that I ah, just, one day I'll be married, it'll go away cause I'll finally have a partner. And the reason why I do it now is cause they don't have a partner. It's not true. Yikes. It just falls into the relationship and it magnifies it and then it brings it to the surface. Um, and then on top of that, if you're in a relationship with someone, it makes boundaries really, really hard because you're so used to like that as a normal part of any relationship that when you now are in a relationship with someone else, like the temptations are just going to flood in because the enemy knows that that's something you're susceptible to. He's like, I've already got you on the ropes with pornography. Now there's someone you can do that with. So for someone that says, Oh, it doesn't have any effects on anybody else. It's just affecting me. Even if it, they're going to say it doesn't have effects or whatever. It's like, it does because what it's doing is it's changing the way you think about sex and what it means for you to have a relationship with someone else and to like cherish them as a brother and sister in Christ until you're married, where then when you're married, then you can have intimacy in the form of sex, the way God designed it to be. But if you're not preparing your heart and your mind for those things and it's being like tainted and destroyed by pornography then when you get into those relationships, like so many people fall into the to the premarital sex category of just kind of brushing that off and then normalizing it. And so like now we got this weird culture in Christian like circles where you can live with your partner before getting married and you can have sex before you're married. And like I've put posts up on Instagram before and I've had people like argue and defend me being like, what do you mean? Like, it's not like, it's a bad idea for you to live with your partner before. Like, I think that under the right circumstance, it's okay. And it's like, see, now we're just trying to push the line and the barrier of like, when it, like, how far can it be okay until it becomes bad? And we've just completely lost sight of like, we just need to seek holiness and to be pure. And we don't think that way anymore. So, um, like what are, like, what are some of the, the more, like, I would guess I would say like external factors of like how pornography affects the world. Like, do you guys know any of these kind of like, what have you guys witnessed this yourself? Have you seen it play out into like circles? Have you seen it play out into like um, more of like the bigger picture of the world? Like, have you guys ever seen like some of the effects of what pornography is doing to that? 
I think you can just see it like when you live your everyday life, like in society today, like everything is sexualized. Um, like there's quote unquote porn, like everywhere. Like if you're driving on the road, like on your phone, like even if you're not looking for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also made like, you know, society a ton less modest, like in general, like guys and girls, which doesn't help anybody, you know, who's trying to stay pure. Um, it also like finds its way into Christian circles. Like it's changed, you know, the way that youth looks at uh, modesty in the way that youth looks at the way that God designed sex. Um, and I think with so many, so many things and so many people and so many circles, like telling, um, telling the youth about, you know, the way that sex should be, um, instead of the church telling the youth that, you know, before, um, and that's the huge problem because, you know, when I was, I, I mean, I didn't technically grow up in church, but I feel like <clears throat> for those even that I've heard, like youth group doesn't tech, talk about sex, doesn't, didn't talk about porn, like before they, you know, the worldly side of that did. And so, you know, they obviously, you know, gather towards that, that way of things, yeah. which is not helpful. Um, and so it's just seeped its way, you know, by the work of the enemy into our everyday life. Um, and it's created a sense of, you know, lust just in general with, with everybody. And, you know, people just like search for that now, which is crazy. Um, I think it's a temptation that is not easily, um, blocked out, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, going off of what you said about like modesty too, I feel like that's been the biggest shock I have seen, like personally, like something that like, obviously as a female, I feel like females can be way less modest and it's guys, what are you going to do? You know, like there's, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? Like women genuinely can. You can't stop Connor in a speedo. You can't. (laughs) Um, but typically women are more. You know what I'm saying. So Scandalous. It's, yeah, it's a little scandy, but it's become something that like is crazy to me that you can scroll on. Like you can just open Instagram, right? Whether it's your feed, whether it's the for you page, whatever it is, right? You click on it and you can just see a girl in a bikini. And swimsuits have evolved. My grandma, man, God bless her. Like one pieces were all I was allowed to wear growing up. Like 10 keenies they tried. Like What's a 10 keenie? <clears throat> a 10 keenie is a one piece that they kind of just cut. So it's two pieces. However, your whole midriff is covered. Mm. But you could still like raise your arms and it would go up. It's because one pieces were constricting. Mm. So it, you could still move, uh, but you were fully covered. <clears throat> but it has become like normalized that a girl can be in a bikini and guys are like, what? She's just in a swimsuit. And it's like, no, that's porn. That is fully pornography. Like you are. Nope. You cannot justify that. Like that is. But it's sad, right? Because you mm. guys don't even look for it. It's just there. Yeah. But it's more sad to me, like, regardless <clears throat> of the fact of how it got there, someone posted that. Some A girl somewhere, somehow, thought this isn't that bad. And that's what's crazy, is it's become like, well, I'm not fully naked, so is it really that bad? And it's like, well, if you have to ask that question, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that crop tops, like, Connor and I will be walking around campus or, you know, out and about. I want to put that on GCU, but, like, anywhere. And girls will be wearing <laughs> stuff, GCU's and I'm like. perfect, guys. Come to GCU. <laughs> Bleed purple. No, no, no. Um, but anywho, we'll like see women that were like, pretty sure. She, remember that at Buffalo Wild Wings, that girl was in like a lingerie set, and I was like, whoa, that is fully see through. Like, hello. But they they don't 
no one says anything. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. Like that modesty, because obviously Connor and I have talked about this, how temptation doesn't really go away. Like, yeah, you guys, praise God, don't struggle with pornography anymore, <coughs> but temptation is always there. Right. We're all tempted, whether yeah. that's me to gossip or to slander, like whatever that is, you guys are still tempted to look. And I know you've mentioned like bouncing your eyes, but man, that has got to be so hard when it's just everywhere you look, women yeah. aren't thinking of you when they get dressed. And well, that's why I became a monk. Yeah. <laughs> that's sense. why I don't leave my house. <laughs> I don't but leave like, here. genuinely, it's so sad from the women's side, especially like my heart breaks knowing, and I haven't been perfect in it, not saying that, but I just mean like how little we tend to care for each other, how yeah. selfish we have become, how me centered it is when it's like women are yelling at men, like just don't look. And men are like, just put clothes on. Like it's, it's so hard when we're all just pointing fingers at each other of who needs to change when the reality is all of us need Jesus. All of us need, need to do better. And it's not like a do it right now. Like it is going to be an everyday battle, right? Like temptation is every day. Women might be like, but I want attention. Like, how can I get that? That You got to put that to bed. Like you need to like defeat that temptation of wanting and seeking that out. But I feel like that's the thing that I've seen like the biggest. And I asked my grandma too, like if she can remember a certain time in her generation and like era, if you will, of when she remembered like the industry turning. And she said she remembered a movie came out and everyone was like, oh my gosh, they're in the same bed. Like it was a huge deal. Um, but it's crazy to me that like something so little, I'm not saying that's the reason, but like, look where we are now. Yeah. And I'm scared to think what we'll be in like 20 years. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's, I don't think it's going to bounce back. I mean, it feels like it's something where once you've like crossed that line, you can't go back. Right. Um, and so obviously like it's just going to get to a point where it's, it's, just pretty much nothing, I guess. I don't really know. I'm a little afraid to see what the future <laughs> holds. Um, but I think to, to kind of backtrack and just explain when, like, Ali says pornography, we talked about in another podcast, um, I believe the first one, but, like, pornography, the word pornea, where it actually stems from in the Greek, stands for, like, sexual immorality. And so that's why pornography isn't just the videos that you watch on the internet. It also can, like, be in the movies you watch. It could be on social media and all these kind of things because... It's not like, oh, well, it's not, you know, actually porn. It's not them like having intercourse on camera, being naked. It's like, no, it's sexual immorality. And mm -hmm. we're called to flee sexual immorality. All of the sins that we commit or a man commits is against like his own, like every other sin a man commits is, is outside of his body. But sexual immorality is against his own body. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely agree. There's like the world is normalizing this and it's making it even harder for, for us to kind of like navigate it as Christians that are trying to seek that route of purity. And I think one thing too is that like there's movements that are non-religious movements that are really trying to push for pornography is like harmful and that we need to stay away from it. And like there's obviously enough reasons within this, the, the scientific field for someone to justify like, yeah, I probably shouldn't watch this anymore because it's all about self-interest. It's all about like, oh, how will it affect me and what will it do against my body? And there are a lot of growing movements on like the activist side of like, what is this doing to other people? And so like absolutely like standing against like sex trafficking and like those kind of things is huge. And so like that's a huge way that people are doing it. But I think that there's still going to be this like happy medium where they that 
organization cares more about like the porn industry as far as like the videos, the trafficking and those kind of things and less about like it being in movies or it being on social media. Like I don't think they're ever going to reach a point where they're like, all right, well, we dismantled that industry. Now let's move on to this one <laughs> and stuff. Like I think that their objection or objective is different than that. And so yeah. I think that we might have brought this up before. But like, I think we'll just reach a point where they're going to try and normalize a specific aspect of it. And mm. so it's still going to be an issue, but people are going to try and find a way to justify it because they've gotten rid of those negative effects right. from those other areas. But like, as a believer, we don't follow what the world tells us to do. We follow what Christ calls us to do. And that's a whole different playing field as far as like the reasons for why we choose to do certain things. Like we don't choose to serve other people because it can be better for us and to be happier. Um, we, and we don't do it for like service hours so that we can get like college credit or something like we serve because Christ calls us to serve. Like there's so many things that I think the world can try and give you a reason to do it. But like if our mindset isn't the reason I'm doing this is because of my relationship with Jesus, then like you'll fall for whatever the world is going to convince you next. And so We'd be super careful that our mindset when going into to pornography or any other area of life is not what does the world say about it, not what does the science say about it, but what does the Bible say about it. And when the Bible is ambiguous, that's when you can turn to like those external resources and then using wisdom and discernment and prayer can like make decisions that we believe are honoring to God in regards to like what Christ calls us to do and what the will of God is. So, um, and just to backtrack for one last point too, this, this study uh, or this fact amazed me a long time ago, but um, obviously so many of us desire marriage, right? And we want to get into a relationship. It's like the number one topic that's all over the place right now. People will, you know, soak it up over a million times and not get sick of it. Um, but like everyone does desire to, to become married. And I think guys specifically, we whenever, especially for me, whenever I was like in my like, college days or whatever, when I wasn't yet in a relationship, like my thing was, I just can't wait till I'm married. Cause then I get to have sex. Cause I'm like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. And that's how all guys think. <laughs> that is so true. Jeez. I'll never forget when I asked you, what are you most excited <clears throat> for? And you said sex. <laughs> and then I was like, but do you want like an actual answer? Yeah. Outside of that? <laughs> yeah. Cause like, that's like a given, but that's just like how guys are wired. And sometimes girls are wired that way too. But like in, in terms of like sex, in a marriage studies show that it only happens 0.3% of your entire marriage is involved with sex. But like it makes up for like 99% of like what people think marriage is about is about like your sexual relations with that partner. And if you're not being met at those needs, then that's where a lot of like problems can come into play and stuff. And so for someone that's not married yet coming from a married person, it is true. It, it, it does not happen as often as you think it does. But when you have a problem like pornography and you're not being met on those needs, because sometimes you might be there and she might not be there or she might be there and you're not right there. And so you can either try to, to meet in the middle and try and make something happen or it doesn't happen. And if you have a problem with self-control and with pornography, what are you going to turn to when your partner's not going to satisfy you? And so that's why I think so many people think that, oh, marriage is going to solve it because instead of me going and watching pornography, I'll be able to have sex with my partner. Maybe, like sometimes, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen all the time. I think that the average couple has sex one time a week. So like 
what are you going to do for the other six days of the week? If you have an addiction that lasts seven days a week, sometimes multiple times a day, like your partner's not just there because again, we think that they're an object for sex. It's like, they're not just there to serve your sexual desires. Like they're there because they're a human being that has a life to live and you're called to serve and sacrifice for them. So it goes beyond those parameters. So that's another myth that I think people think that I've seen play out into my own life where those temptations come and it's like, shoot, if I'm not able to control my thoughts right now and to, to push against these temptations and to flee from them, like if I still had a huge issue with pornography into this marriage, it'd be game over. And I think that's what a lot of guys will end up like married men will come and talk about. And like, that's a reason why they do that is not because they hate their wife or they hate their husband and they don't want to be with them. It's just that like, it's something that once you've been connected to that and you're addicted, you have a hard time controlling those things. So that's, that's my two cents, der. Um, let's wrap this thing up. You guys have any last words you want to say? Um, 56%. Yeah, let me read my statistics <laughs> that I wrote down. Should have done this at the beginning, and Christian. I was like, whoa. 56% of divorce cases involved one person with an obsessive interest in porn. And if you watch porn, your divorce risk increases by 200%. And it increases infidelity by 300%. Infidelity? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Top back, Connor. What you got to say? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have percent. 100% of the people <clears throat> who watch porn watch porn. <clears throat> Did you know that the tallest giraffe is, <laughs> indeed, is indeed taller taller than any th- other giraffe? giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that. Wow. Um, <laughs> anywho, I have something It's a good add. one. Um, if anyone was listening to this and you felt angry or upset or that's because you know someone or you're in a relationship with someone who was or is addicted to porn. Um, Just want to say, like, it is a hard topic. It's hard for, I think, all of us in this room, not even that we all struggled at one time in our life because Christian and I didn't. But, like, it's sad that our world is like that. It's sad that this sin and this, you know, new drug is such a hard thing to get out of. Um, but I would just remind everyone to try to make your hearts less of like, oh my gosh, they're just so gross or like, ew, or just like mad and turn into, I just want to, I should be praying for them and turn it into like a, how can I love them better? How can I, how can I help even like my small community with how I dress, how I speak, the jokes I tell, like whatever it is. Um, I would just not listen to it and think, oh, I'm better than them or, oh, I don't struggle with that. How could they? And think more of, okay, I might not struggle with that, but how can I help my brothers and sisters that do? Mm-hmm. That's my two cents. There you have it. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for tuning in this web week's. <laughs> that was a was <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> Thanks for tuning in this week's episode of the Vessels Podcast. If you are not uh, following us on Instagram, check us out at Ask Us Why with Two Wise. Make sure you guys like this podcast and then uh, leave a review for us because uh, why Why not? You can do star ratings on Spotify. It's super easy. It's just one click button. Just Boop. do it real quick. If you made it to the end of this episode, please just go leave a review. It Lazy. means the world to us. We got to let our folks know Lazy. that like this actually is helpful to some degree. If it's not, then you let us know <laughs> so we can do something more with our Text time. us. <laughs> Text. Don't leave a bad review. You can you can Lazy. leave a bad review at connormadea at gmail.com. Um, <clears throat> and if you guys are listening to this, that means that our new drop of the What Has Jesus Done has officially been released. And if you want to go buy some from the store and check that out, listen to the story behind it. You can go find all of that on our Instagram at Ask Us Why Shop. We love you guys, and we'll see you guys in the next episode.
Okay. Peace out. God bless. Goodbye. See you later. Very See you nice. <laughs> Great success. <laughs> uh.